Hi, everyone. You're listening to Talking Digital Industries, the podcast for technologies and trends that drive industrial enterprises. And I'm your host, Chris Brown. We're back with another episode, and I'm excited to discuss a technology that everybody is talking about at the moment, a real buzz, 5G. The new hot shit, you could say, of wireless communication. I was allowed to say that. Now, it is often said that industrial 5G opens the door to the comprehensive wireless networking of production, of maintenance, and logistics. There definitely is a lot of buzz around 5G and the possibilities it will bring to the industry. Now, I'm excited to find out if there will be plants uh, that work completely wireless thanks to local 5G networks. And I'm happy to have two experts with me today who can boost my understanding of the topic. On the one side, we have Zanda Rotmensen from Siemens Digital Industries. At Siemens, he's also known as Mr. 5G because he covers the product portfolio for industrial wireless LAN components and industrial security appliances. And he says about today's topic, 5G is essential for trend-setting applications in industrial environments. And on the other side, we have Andreas Kornbichler with us. He heads the research group Wireless Networks at Siemens Corporate Technology. More than five years ago, when 5G was still a research topic, Andreas and his team started doing the first steps in 5G development within Siemens. And as 5G gets product ready, the research guys are already working on beyond 5G. So first of all, welcome, Zanda. Welcome, Andreas. Great to have you on the show. How are you guys doing? Hi, Chris. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm doing great as well. Good to hear. Um, once again, we're basically connected via this uh, internet tool, recording this podcast remotely. So to all listeners out there, just in case you you experience some, you know, uh, some, some crackling in between, um, it's due to that. Now, back to you guys. Uh, Sanda, I was just browsing your LinkedIn profile and found some fake news on 5G. Now, you got to tell us what's, what's that about? What's the story behind it? Okay, so so earlier this year, when vacation and traveling was still possible, I was in the United States mm -hmm. and came out of the plane, plugged in a SIM card, turned on my phone, and all of a sudden, my 4G phone was saying it had a 5G connection. <laughs> so I'm looking at it, like, this cannot be true. So I'm looking at this, and what did they do? So they changed something inside your phone, which your phone tells you that you're in a 5G area, or maybe somewhere down in the future, there will be 5G connectivity. But they did not upgrade my phone for free. Of course, it's still just 4G, <laughs> which I which I had there. A very very funny story. Check it out once again on Sanda's LinkedIn profile. And if I'm informed correctly, you have a four year old daughter, right? How would you explain 5G to your daughter? So honestly speaking, right now after being home for a couple of weeks, he would say, "Dad, I already know everything." <laughs> To explain it to someone who has never heard of 5G before, so first of all, it will enable connectivity to the internet. So it will allow you to shop at home, to check things out online, to get weather information online. That is what a connection in general will do. But if you look where we come from with 1G, we were just having voice in these big old telephones. Maybe someone remembers it from the past or knows them from pictures. Mm -hmm. Then with 2G, we were able to start doing text messages with each, uh, with each other. And then uh, with 3G, we tapped into the internet. So we were first able to browse online. Uh, that's also the time where the iPhones came up. And then with 4G, that is when we started streaming, mm -hmm. streaming online on 
things like YouTube and uh, doing FaceTime calls online. But with 5G, for the first time, we gave it a bigger bandwidth so we can do streaming in 4K. We can burn through our data quicker. So we need higher data amounts for our um, cell phone contracts which will probably be more expensive, but also it's very exciting. It will allow us in industry to do exciting new things going forward. Um, Zanda and, and Andreas, you, you, you both are known as, may I say this, the 5D nerds at Siemens. Why don't we put the nerd mode on? What are the most impressive aspects of 5G? So first, I have to say 5G is a collection of promises. You must have seen the famous 5G triangle, right? So 5G has three kind of technical promises. One is the enhanced mobile broadband. Mm -hmm. It's optimal for the smartphone users and so on because downloads are faster. All these use cases, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but more uh, interesting for us and so more impressive for us are the lower corners because these are the uh, machine type communications and the ultra low latency use cases which we need for industrial uh, usage of 5g so i would say the lower right corner which is called ultra reliable low latency is the core of 5g uh, yes, and that sounds very fancy, of course, with that term, but what it uh, mainly means is we have highest reliability and we expect to, to reach latencies below 10 milliseconds, which is ideal for industrial applications. Maybe you guys can give me some use cases for 5G. I mean, something you know I can also work with. I mean, I stream Netflix on my phone with 4G as well, right? So what other use cases are there that aren't industry related? Right. You can stream Netflix and other streaming services with 4G also. 4G is usually fast enough. 5G will be better, faster, more reliable and so on. But end of day, 4G would be sufficient. Okay. But industry focuses on the lower corners of the already mentioned uh, triangle. So the machine type communications means the classical IoT use cases uh, you must have heard of. So it's smart metering with built-in smart meters in, in buildings. Um, it's pet tracking and all these use cases on batteries which don't have the very high streaming requirements and so on, but are very important for the IoT. And the manufacturing industry like Siemens focuses on the ultra-reliable low-latency communications, which means end of day, you can replace most of cables by wireless connectivity, and you become much more flexible in your factory and your environment. Kind of get the feeling that there's a difference between the 5G on my phone and industrial 5G. Is that correct, Sanda? Yeah, yeah, of course. If you talk about 4G, you have connection, I would say, everywhere. But that's not always the case because you, you probably travel a lot normally and you will mm -hmm. notice that sometimes your signal drops that will stay the same with 5G. But therefore, there is a big difference because plants are sometimes built in areas where there is no connectivity in the middle of nowhere sometimes. So what can you do then? So instead of using the public network from your mobile network operator, like you see on your phone, where you have your SIM card from, you can set up a private network. Mm -hmm. With a private network, you have a network on-premise where you have optimal data security, where you have data privacy, you keep your data in your hands and you can then decide what to do with your data. Upload it in the cloud over a public network or keep it inside your facility 
to work with that data as well. Mm -hmm. One of the things is really important for such a private network, you also need spectrum. Spectrum is the frequency. I think you've heard about the, the auctions going on every once in a, in a while where governments take a lot of money to uh, have uh, mobile network operators creating their own networks based on different mm -hmm. frequencies. For private networks, it's very important to have your hands on such such a frequency as well. Okay, but how do I get the spectrum? Do I just install antennas or what's the deal? Sure, you can install antennas. But if you want to switch them on, you need a license, usually. There are two uh, models of using Spectrum. It's a license-free model and a licensed Spectrum. License-free means um, there are some rules you have to rely on. Mm -hmm. Within these rules, you can do what you want. Services like Wi-Fi, like Bluetooth, like your car keys and so on, use such license-free uh, Spectrum. End of day, it's free of charge, but no guarantees, no quality of service. If you need guarantees and quality of service, you need license spectrum, your own spectrum. For this, you have to go to the regulator and apply for spectrum. Mm -hmm. Spectrum for dedicated uh, frequency ranges is defined by the ITU, the International Telecommunication Union. This union organizes world radio conferences and some experts are discussing there and end of the conference, they have recommendations how to use Spectrum. But these recommendations have to be brought into national law. Spectrum is national law. In Germany, you have the Bundesnetzagentur as the authority. In US, it's the FCC and every country has its own body behind. These bodies have to define the national laws and end of day, you can apply for Spectrum. One example is the, the German industry band at 3.7 gigahertz. People are uh, talking about it because uh, it's a big bunch of the so-called 5G Spectrum. Mm. It's not directly aligned to the 5G because it's only Spectrum. You could use it for different services also as you are within the rules. But it was within the 5G discussion when it was defined. This is a great success because so you can uh, have your dedicated spectrum for your campus. It's yours. You have to pay for it, but not too much. And you can use it for your use cases. You can guarantee and you have your quality of service. Thank you for this uh, comprehensive answer. Maybe you guys could tell us how important 5G actually is for the industry. I mean, what can we do with 5G that we can't do with 4G in an industrial context? Yes, yeah, so let's take it maybe a couple of years back. So about 40, 50 years ago, the very first generation of wireless cellular networking has been developed. So that would be 1G, as we would call it now, because the G in 5G stands for generation. Uh -huh. We got 1G we could make phone calls, we got 2G, we got 3G, we got internet surfing, which everyone is accustomed to right now. Mm -hmm. With 4G, we started to talk about having phone call or video calling over, over the internet while not being at home in your Wi-Fi. And with then edge, with, with Edge, you're just barely breathing, right? With Edge, you're, you're getting nervous, yes. So like, <laughs> am I going to stay alive, yes or no? And then with, with 5G, it's for the very first time that actually industrial companies were part of the 3GPP. 3GPP is the 3G Partnership Project, the 
global standardizing body for cellular communications mm -hmm. to start think about what could be use cases we want to solve with 5G with the next generation uh, at that time. Uh, which are interesting for for industry as well. But what kind of requirements do we need to fulfill? Mm -hmm. And that is what what why five G has such a big buzz. And then what is also important, I, I, I said wireless before, wireless LAN before. So wireless LAN will stick around. So it's not just five G in the future. Also Wi Fi is evolving. With Wi Fi six, we also see similar things where industry use cases are um, were taken and integrated into the standard to make the standard more robust and create a lower latency to fulfill industry requirements. And then together, Wi-Fi 6 and 5G will bring many new possibilities to the factory of tomorrow. Andreas, Sander just stated that 5G is essential for trend-setting applications in industrial environments. So what exactly does the industry need 5G for? Now, let's, if we keep it with the Netflix example, probably not for faster live streams, right? So, right. Fast downloads are appreciated, but not a main driver for us. To make it short, industrial 5G helps to become Industry 4.0 true. Mm -hmm. Industry 4.0 means flexible factories, mobile devices all over the campus, quick relocation of machines, and always highest requirements to the connectivity. To fulfill these requirements, we need performant wireless networks, and 5G will be one important option for it. Do you have a concrete example for what Andreas just mentioned? Yeah, I think that there is many examples possible within a factory. Um, mm -hmm. But I think one of the most interesting one would be uh, a mobile robot. Okay. So maybe if you think about robots, you think about still standing robots in a factory doing exactly one job all day long, exactly where they are made for. I think in the future with wireless technologies, we will enable them to uh, work together, become cobots. Mm -hmm. And for robots to work together, they need to be able to speak with each other. And if, if you might, you might watch a lot of Hollywood movies. Huh? So their robots actually can speak with each other. Think about Terminator, for example. Mm -hmm. But in a factory, they don't really speak with each other. They communicate over a data link. And that's where wireless technology such as 5G could be really beneficial with that low latency, high reliability, making sure robots can work together 24-7. From robots to cobots. I like that. So people have been talking about 5G for industry for some time now. Where are we with 5G right now, as of today? Is it usable already? What are the next steps? First, you have to know that standardization works in releases. The first release called 5G is the release 15. Before we had the release 14 and down, this was LTE. And before LTE, we had 3G. So now we have 5G. Release 15 is out now. Uh, if you see on your smartphone, if you have one, 5G, this means it's release 15. And it also means 5G non-standalone mode. Non-standalone means it's still extension, a little bit 5G besides a 4G network. So this is not industrial 5G, to say this completely clear. Industrial 5G is starting with release 16, which is already... Uh, um, fixed now from the standard point of view, but it's not in the technology yet. It's coming this year or next year, and then it will be there with first industrial uh, features in. Wow. The first release where we talk about industrial 5G will be release 17, 
which won't be there before 21-22. This has most of the features we are looking for, but not all of them. So if you need the entire 5G story for industrial use, maybe you have to wait longer than to release 17 because it's also a kind of prioritization. So it takes time, but uh, we are quite optimistic that industrial 5G is coming soon. So yeah, that's that's actually uh, right. I fully align with uh, with Andreas there. So and one thing which is also really important is getting that spectrum. I mentioned that before, but all these nice technologies, all these leaps we we create here in technology advancement from release 15 being the Netflix thing to release 17 being there to make robots essentially cobots, we need spectrum, mm-hmm. and that is one of the key applications. So. Today, we can already have pilot spectrum available here in Germany, uh, but this is also something we need to see more in other countries. And there's many other countries uh, working on, on this as well. So what we will see first is applications like remote maintenance over public networks where 5G is already rolled out. We are already doing that with 4G, so that's just an evolution. But the real exciting things, the real exciting challenge from industrial uh, Internet of Things, real-time networks, cobots, it will take uh, three to five years before we have uh, private networks uh, really utilizing the capabilities of 5G. Really? Wow. Okay. What are the limits of 5G? Yes, uh, 5G has also limits. So remember the triangle. The features will come. All of them will come, I'm sure. But you can't rely on all three corners at the same time. Hmm. If you need low energy consumption because your sensor is on battery, then it's not possible to have at the same time highest data rate. It's low data rate. It's very constrained. But the sensor will survive over years with the battery. But if you need lowest latency and highest data rates and so on, Mm -hmm. then you need power behind the user equipment, which means your smartphone or your terminal or whatever, and also on the network side. And most likely for these high data rates, you need also higher frequencies, which means you need much more infrastructure. With high frequencies, your range is very limited and it's not affordable to have base stations, antennas, all some hundred meters or kilometers Mm -hmm. all over the country. It's too expensive and people don't like this. It won't work. Sander, anything you'd like to add? Yes, I think you touched on the range, for example, Andreas. And if you look at that, it's not just the range. It's also it's the environment. So if the higher the frequency gets, so with 5G, we tend to start using higher frequencies as what we did with 1G, 2G, 3G, and 4G. The range will be lower, but also the penetration through a wall will be more difficult because the signal is more dense. It's harder to go through a object like a wall, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the challenges with 5G. So... Sanda, maybe you can tell me how you guys are using 5G. So we're using 5G already in test facilities around the world. So we have a couple of them. The most famous one is located here in Nuremberg, where we have a collaboration with Qualcomm, where we have a 5G network installed, where we test 5G in a real industrial environment, and we get to test latest and greatest technologies combined with a 5G wireless network where we can see how it behaves and where we still need to work on in the future before it becomes a real product, which we will offer in, in a couple of years from now. 
Now, even though you're talking about three to five years until 5G has become what it's capable of, so to say, why don't we have a look into the Sauberkugel? Yeah, I mean, Zanda, you'll you'll know the Sauberkugel, right? Um, <laughs> being from the Netherlands, what comes next? I mean, if we look into the glass ball, when will we have 6G? So I, I think we need to stop you right there. So come on, we have been talking. <laughs> no, let's let's be honest. We we need to take it slowly. First, we need to prove that 5G is the right thing. Okay. So we now have a standard, a bunch of papers printed out on my desk. And we need to create a product from it. So first, we're going to do that. Then we create a solution of it. Then we're going to see what we uh, what we can do with it and how we can drive technology innovation in industry uh, further. So I'm from research. So I am allowed to look into the Sauberkugel. And we are now thinking about Beyond 5G. We don't call it 6G. We call it Beyond 5G. <laughs> and there are many topics which are mentioned in 5G sensation at the moment, but which will never come with 5G because it's not possible at the moment from a technical point of view and also from a financial point of view. One point uh, which sounds very interesting is the cell-free network, for example. So Maybe in 10 or 15 years, you don't need all these antennas around the world. And every 6G uh, device can connect to another one and build some meshed networks or whatever. So you see, there are many ideas for the future and it's allowed to start thinking now. <laughs> well, you guys have three to five or maybe even 10 years to work on it. We only have 25 minutes for this podcast. And even though it sounds amazing, our time is up, guys. I'd like to thank you much for your exciting insights. We could talk uh, for, for hours, I think, about this topic. And um, maybe we should just do another podcast sometime soon to see what you guys have been working on then. Um, first of all, once again, thank you to Sanda. Thank you to Andreas. I hope you guys have a, have a great day. Thanks also. Bye-bye. Thank you. And also many thanks to all of our listeners out there. I'm glad that you tuned in once again. If you enjoyed the chat and want to learn more, visit Siemens.com slash 5G. Stay safe. Stay tuned for our next episode. And um, don't forget, this is Talking Digital Industries. I'm Chris Brow. See you again soon.